Hello and happy holidays! My name is Kyle Hudson and welcome to a behind the scenes look at People's Light's 16th annual holiday panto, Little Red Robin Hood. This holiday season, fairy tales collide as People's Light premieres a brand new show. Robin Hood is dead, his merry folk are in hiding, and Nottinghamshire has been taken over by a greedy villainess. Can a new hero, or heroine, emerge from Sherwood Forest and save the day? Set in the 1940s, with a dash of medieval, this hilarious musical mashup is their most inventive panto yet. Today, we will be taking a look under the hood of this musical fairy tale, with exclusive interviews with the director and performers, exploring the history of panto with Dame Mark Lazar, and checking out a couple of tunes. Before the show opened, we got a sneak peek behind the curtain at the early days of rehearsals. Resident dramaturg Gina Pisasal gave us some context for the story in production at a presentation for People's Lights artists and staff. And yeah, you heard me, Little Red Robin Hood sprung out of, I guess, boredom with received wisdom of taking just one familiar story and turning it on its ear like all the pantos have done in the past. So our panto teenager wanted to bust out of any obvious choice and tackle not one but two tales of yore. So which is it? Little Red Riding Hood? Or Robin Hood? Both. Well, <laughs> we're set 15 years after Robin Hood, quote, kissed the sod. And you'll hear Nottingham has, quote, gone to hell in a handbasket. There are outlaws of sorts, screaming by on the fringe of Sherwood Forest, but there's also a wolf, a granny who has some awesome animal pals, and a girl in a red cape that comes skipping into this land in need of a Greta Thunberg to stand up for the greedy machinations of the greedy Greederson. Did I mention she was greedy? Lady Nottingham. <laughs> Our intrepid director offers, quote, above all else, Panto is a powerful and transformational event for all ages. There is nothing more electrifying and joyful than hearing a room full of people laughing together and cheering for goodness to triumph over evil. Panto invites us to see ourselves, our good parts, and our not-so-good parts, and to laugh at ourselves. Panto offers us the opportunity to imagine together a better world, a world where we are welcomed and celebrated, and a world where redemption is possible. So buckle up. <laughs> we have some serious fun ahead of us. <laughs> We sure do. Now before we head out, let's take a quick listen to the opening number performed by Armando Gutierrez and the cast of Little Red Robin Hood. And I want you to repeat after me. Hi-dee-hi, <clears throat> hi. come on. Very good, ho-dee-ho, ho. let me hear it. Ho. All right, hi-dee-hi. Hi. Hi. Oh, ho-dee-ho. Ho-dee-ho. Hi. Low. Low. And away we now, <clears throat> things have gone to hell in a handbasket since Robin Hood died. In Nottingham proper, only the fat cats live. All others have been driven out to the fringe where they scrounge for a bite to eat over their head. 
there, they lift their eyes to Sherwood Forest, just hoping against hope that some hero will rise again. Well, folks, she surely did. <laughs> and the rest is her story. Let the legend now be told. See the story now unfold. Leaping off a printed page, a hero for the modern age. It was under attack. Who had the courage to win it back? Why it was little red, little red, little red Robin Hood, ride red Robin Hood, ride. like to thank our sponsor, A Taste of Olive, featuring high quality extra virgin olive oils and balsamic vinegars from around the world. They have two locations in Pennsylvania, Chestnut Hill and Westchester. You can also shop online at atasteofolive.com. Save 10% off your holiday gifts when you use the code LIGHT at checkout. That's atasteofolive.com. Taste the difference this holiday season. Welcome back to a behind the scenes look at A People's Light's Little Red Robin Hood. A musical panto. I'm Kyle Hudson. Little Red Robin Hood is an original panto and was written by Katherine Peterson, with music and lyrics by Michael Ogborn and directed by Bill Fenley. It's running at People's Light until January 5th, 2020. Now, British pantomime, or panto, takes a well-known children's story and turns it on its head. People's Light has been celebrating the art form with a new world twist for 16 years, with audiences of all ages gathering to partake in the songs, dances, topical jokes, and jovial camaraderie that defines this holiday celebration. It's not your normal holiday show. So we sat down with director Bill Fenley and we asked him, what is Panto? I think it, it is an event for the people who are coming to see it. At every moment, a Panto is about taking this audience that is in the room and inviting that audience into, into, and in many cases, onto the stage with you. Everything that you are doing is in, I mean, theater is always for the audience, but this is um, for the audience to the, to the greatest degree. <laughs> you are connecting with them at all times. You are in conversation with them at all times. You are taking them with you step by step along the way on this journey. Um, and the, the great litmus test uh, about Panto that I have learned is that every choice that you make in the creative process or in the rehearsal room has to come from a place of generosity and celebration. And if it is not, I think you have to rethink it. So I think above all else, all the, the characters that you see or the tropes that you see or the ideas in it, that uh, the thing that is most important about Panto is that it is for really f for the people who are coming to see it. And if you haven't been to the theater before, or if you have been to the theater before, it is just a thrilling, a thrilling event. And what we've tried to do with this panto is say from jump that you are at a panto, that this is a holiday event, you are at a panto, <laughs> and uh, we're going to take you on this journey with us. So um, that has been really important to us as we put this together. 
the panchos that happen over in London oftentimes have a, a bit of a variety show feel to them, kind of a, vaudeville, a vaudevillian feel. Um, and one of the things that is really unique about the opportunity to work on panto here at People's Light is there's a real um, desire to focus on story and character um, within this panto form. So it is in many ways quite unique to People's Light. They've developed over the last uh, 16 to 18 years this uh, sort of sensibility about what Panto is here and what Panto wants to be for their community. And the the writing team of um, Catherine Peterson and Michael Ogborn have done uh, really excellent work in terms of crafting a um, a sort of dual mythology, the the fusion of Little Red Riding Hood and Robin Hood. Uh, they've they've uh, woven a really fantastic story, an incredible score that is uh, tuneful and a lot of fun, a story that has uh, um, tremendous heart, great characters, uh, and the the possibility for redemption at the end is is um, has just been really fun to work on. Uh, Panto is also a great big spectacle, great mm-hmm. big campy spectacle, and I love that. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, it's a lot of fun. You get to bring um, you get to bring all of your theatrical tools to bear in in a rehearsal room on Panto. Uh, a fun, stylish costume and scenic design. Um, uh, I've worked a great deal with puppets in the past. I spent some time with The Lion King. So it's fun on this to have uh, a multi-person puppet in the center of the of the design. That's been a great deal of fun. Um, and yeah, you're, you're, the musical storytelling, the movement storytelling, the visual storytelling, you get to bring it all together in, in this world um, where you, if, you, if you dream it, if you can conceive it and you can find the creative solution, it's all possible. So it's really fun to work on. No panto would be complete without the dame. And Mark Lazar has been the people's light dame since day one. Um, my name is Mark Lazar, and I play the Dame in uh, Little Red Robin Hood. Well, the Dame uh, in the in in a British pantomime, which is what we do, um, is uh, uh, a benevolent character, and it's, uh, the Dame is just one of the many conventions involved in uh, a pantomime. There's a, a a baddie, a bad guy or girl. Uh, a bad man or a bad woman, and the audience uh, uh, boos the bad person, and they cheer for the good people. There's also uh, animal parts. Um, if you've ever seen two guys in a horse suit, that's called a pantomime horse. That's that's where this this is the theatrical form from whence that comes. Um, and there's many conventions in a in a pantomime. And the guy in the dress is just one of them. And it's usually a benevolent character, uh, a grandmother, uh, Mother Goose, or some such person, the cook. Um, And uh, the only time it's a bad person is the two ugly sisters in Cinderella. Mm. Uh, However, our version of Cinderella uh, that we've done doesn't doesn't use that convention. Um, So that's what the guy in the dress does. If it feels like British humor, if it feels like Monty Python, if it feels like vaudeville, that's exactly what it's supposed to be. Uh, uh, if you break up, uh, if you can't remember your lines and you break up or something happens on stage and you laugh, that's that's part of the deal too. Because when you ask the question, what is panto, I also think you have to ask the question, what is camp? 
um, uh, what is campy sensibility. Um, and there was a tremendous book that uh, we brought into the rehearsal room uh, that I that I have, and it is um, it's uh, the Met Gala. Every year there's an annual Met Gala, and it's a big sort of high fashion uh, event, um, high style, high fashion. And last year they uh, the the theme was camp. What is camp? Um, you know, some people will say that camp. Uh, some people will say that camp is um, a sort of flamboyant sensibility. Some people have attributed it uh, solely to the gay community. But there is camp really in every, from every walk of life and every community. And camp is a kind of lens through which you uh, view the world. Um, and one of my favorite quotes from these essays about camp that are contained in this collection um, from the recent Met Gala is there's a quote which says, camp... Um, delights and wrong foots you. And I think Panto has the power to do the same thing. I think Panto delights and wrong foots us um, by uh, looking at the world through a, through a different lens. It asks us to um, imagine um, a better world um, where uh, through colorful costumes, colorful characters, comedy, uh, that really, I think comedy is so powerful because I think comedy opens hearts and minds and gets us to think about things in another way um, and actually can be quite transformative in terms of uh, shifting some people's thoughts about the world they live in. Um, so camp is, is um, camp is a, is a sort of sense of style, a sense of humor. Um, when we talk about camp, um, People, one of the one of the other great ideas and powerful ideas from this essay is that um, camp uh, camp doesn't make fun of things it doesn't take seriously, and so it's not being camp is not a dismissive sensibility. It actually takes the thing it's sending up very seriously. Camp has a real particular point of view to it. Um, camp is a great deal of fun. It's bawdy. It's naughty. It's um, um, it's celebratory. It, it, it always comes from some place of, um, maybe this is not always true, but I think it comes from a place of some kind of generosity and some sense of joy, even if you're skewering something, even if you're critiquing something, um, uh, you're, um, there's a great sense of uh, humor and style about it. Another defining feature of the panto are skins, or actors dressed as animals who work on the side of good and keep the audience engaged. Susan McKee is a longtime member of the company playing Rocky Raccoon, one of the skin roles in Little Red Robin Hood. My name is Susan McKee, and I play Rocky the Raccoon in Little Red Robin Hood. A skin role in the panto is um, when the actor plays an animal, and uh, it's the skins are always sort of on the good side. They're often the most interactive with the audience. They're usually the the support system for the the good, you know, the the hero or heroine. Um, in this case, uh, our skins, the chipmunk, the raccoon, and the beaver, are have uh, agreed to protect Maud, the dame, um, because she is in sort of exile and she was Robin Hood's mother, and and so they are the protectors of the dame. Um, and the skins are always really fun because 
Yes, they look a little bit like they've got raccoon or whatever their animal part is suggestions, but they're clearly actors in these roles. So, um, yeah, last year I got to play Sudsy Squirrel as a skin part, and this year I am Rocky Raccoon. In this panto, in Little Red Robin Hood, there's a, a huge theme of uh, respecting nature, and and we need to take care of uh, our natural world, or we're going to lose everything. Um, and it's funny, this year, playing the raccoon, and raccoons are generally not very respected, but I came to understand, I did a little, little bit of research and came to understand that raccoons are incredibly individualistic and um, they usually sort of work on their own unless they're a mother and are dealing with their young ones. Um, so I love being a part of a story that is fighting for keeping our our natural world intact and and celebrating our natural world and I love uh being Rocky the Raccoon the leader of the skins the sort of you know oomph behind it all um I it it makes me feel like I'm doing something active (laughs) when I'm in a play instead of like going out and you know marching for natural rights you know i I get to to do that, but I get to do it in a play with my friends and with lots of other people. So it's it's very exciting, and and you know that we're making something brand new that could really only be done here. Um, there's just so many cultural references to to this area, to the main line, to People's Light, to Chester County. Um, so in that way, it feels like. It feels so just unique and and exciting. Who doesn't love a talking animal? Now, when we come back, we'll dive into the history of Panto with Mark Lazar and chat more with the director and cast. Before we go, let's listen to a selection from A Better World, performed by Hannah Gaffney and Vivica Chow. I spy a better world than the one I see today. That's why I stick around to do my part in my own way for one day a better world will rise up like the sun where we can live in peace when day is done. In a world where no one has to Across the deep divide and ride Red Robin Hood ride Navigate the shifting tide With truth and justice as your guide Ride Red Robin Hood ride Together we'll reach the other side Universal Hi, I'm Luann Sims, host of Life After Baby. From bottles to books, spit up to social media, diapers to dorms, and everything in between, each week I interview parenting experts to help make your life as a parent a little bit easier. Join us Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. only on WCHE 1520 a.m. and WCHE1520.com. And if you missed the show, check out our podcast, Life After Baby, wherever the finest podcasts are found. 
Welcome back to a behind-the-scenes look at Little Red Robin Hood, a musical panto. I'm Kyle Hudson. Panto is derived from pantomime, a form of theater that goes back hundreds of years to England of old. Dame Mark Lazar explains. Well, it started, you know, 400 years ago, um, right after uh, this, the British Civil War was over and uh, Charles II came, uh, took the throne, and then... Um, women could be in plays. Until that point, women could not be on stage. In mm. Shakespeare's plays, those were all played by boys and young men, the fem- those famous female roles. Um, but when Charles II came to the throne, uh, they allowed women on stage, and they had uh, about four or five theaters that were licensed. And very quickly that became just a couple theaters. Drury Lane is still around. And um, for for theatrical entrepreneurs to make a living uh, was difficult when there was only one or two licensed theaters. So they would put on other sorts of entertainments, Punch and Judy shows. And uh, every Christmas time, they put on a religious play. Uh, And if you spoke, you had to be licensed. But if you didn't speak, if it was pantomime, then you got away with it. It was a way to get around the licensing. And uh, that went on for 100 years or so, uh, the holiday seasons. But in earnest, uh, the pantomimes in England have been around for about 150 years as we know them now. Um, Now they bring, to put butts in seats, they they, uh, uh, have British television and movie stars Starring in the principal roles, uh, uh, to in fact, uh, the um, many of the British TV series like EastEnders and Coronation Street, they have to plan their shooting schedule around the pantomime season uh, of uh, November and December and January because their stars will be appearing in in pantomime. Now, if you go back 150 years, the rock stars of those times were. Um, the music hall performers, singers and comedians in the music hall. Mm-hmm. So the pantomimes would get them to be the stars in the pantomime. And they would tell jokes in front of the curtain while they're changing the the ugly-looking sets in the, behind the curtain and sending up the fairy tales just like they do now. Um, and we're pretty sure that because of that convention with the music hall people in the pantos starting 150 years ago, that that's where our vaudeville came from. The Schuberts and the Nederlanders and the Albies who owned the theaters saw the pantomimes in England and came back here and said, well, we can put butts in seats on a Wednesday. We just don't need a story. We can have comedians tell us tell a story, tell jokes in front of the curtain while we're changing things behind the curtain. And if you recall, uh, in the early, late 40s and early 50s, when all of our American comedians had their roots in vaudeville, Jack Benny and Bob Hope and all of those people, um, and Abbott and Costello and Burns and Allen and Milton Berle uh, and even Johnny Carson to an extent always come out from a curtain. But it's a TV show. They, they don't need a curtain. Why were Burns and Allen performing on a TV show in front of a curtain or Jackie Gleason after his show come out after, uh, uh, in front of a curtain? It comes from vaudeville and our vaudeville comes from 
the British pantomimes of 150 years ago. And so, plus all those other conventions, it's, it's what they do in England at Christmas time. Now, every story needs villains, but not all villains are bad guys. And really, what would a story about Little Red be without a big bad wolf? Armando Gutierrez is making his People's Lights debut as the lovable lackey, and he took time before rehearsal to share his experience. Hello, my name is Armando Gutierrez, and I'm playing the role of Lupo in People's Light's production of Little Red Robin Hood. So our author for um, Little Red Robin Hood, Catherine Peterson, uh, has devised a great um, mashup, I guess, of the iconic Big Bad Wolf, but in this world of not only Little Red Riding Hood and Robin Hood, um, where he has now become a crony or a, a, a... uh, stool pigeon for um, Lady Nottingham, who is kind of the premier antagonist of the of the piece, um, and he's not born bad. He's just kind of drawn that way. He he is the big bad wolf, probably because he is a wolf, and uh, she she convinces him that he has you know ulterior motives to you know seek out and destroy when he just kind of wants to be a good guy. He doesn't really. He doesn't really want to lead this life of, I guess, crime in our setting would be. Um, it's just kind of that's what he's perceived as because he is a wolf. So I, I've never done a, a traditional pantomime. Um, so I'm learning not only from the legacy that People's Light has at this practice, but the actors who have been involved in it for many years, as well as any kind of research I can do. Um, but what I found is that it's a great, you know, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Just a combo of music, of theater, of improv, of uh, singing along. There's a lot of audience participation in pantomimes, all set to this backdrop of, of classic fairy tales that we all know, uh, Little Red Riding Hood and Robin Hood. The Wolf in the Mirror is a song by our beautiful uh, uh, composer, Michael Ogborn, that is the transformation from Big Bad Wolf into somebody who, who can leave a, a life of crime behind. It's his, it's his redemption piece. <laughs> there are certain elements that when we're all born, we don't have control over. Whether they be good, bad, c- catastrophic, or privileged, we all have our own choices that we can make to either go against those uh, elements that were provided that we have no choice over when we're born, uh, or we can just drown him out. Uh, Lupo is born into a situation where he is perceived as bad and then is convinced he's bad. And throughout the journey of my portrayal of Lupo, I try really hard to, to make it so that he's he never wanted to be that way and he's trying to find a way out. So it, it takes a look in the mirror sometimes to, to see that, to look <laughs> at yourself. Come, come check out People's Lights, uh, Little Red Robin Hood. Uh, this holiday season, it's going to be a humdinger of a good time. It's almost time to take a bow. Before we head into the break, let's take a quick listen to The Wolf in the Mirror, performed by Armando Gutierrez and the cast of Little Red Robin Hood. I took a look in the mirror And what did I see? Staring back at me 
silhouette of sorrow. Pretending to be a life of self-deception. Oh, loneliness and misery. Well, I'm starting with that wolf in the mirror. If it's not too late. Yes, I'm starting with that wolf in the mirror. There's no reason to wait. Oh, I'm traveling down a pathway that's clearer. Rearranging my fate. Rearrange, rearrange. Yes, I'm starting with that wolf in the mirror. We'd like to thank our sponsor, A Taste of Olive. Featuring high quality extra virgin olive oils and balsamic vinegars from around the world. They have two locations in Pennsylvania, Chestnut Hill and Westchester. You can also shop online at atasteofolive.com. Save 10% off your holiday gifts when you use the code LIGHT at checkout. That's atasteofolive.com. Taste the difference this holiday season. Welcome back to a behind the scenes look at a People's Lights Little Red Robin Hood, a musical panto. I'm Kyle Hudson. People's Light is a professional, not-for-profit theater in Malvern, Pennsylvania. Founded in 1974, the theater produces seven to nine plays each season in two black box theater spaces, mixing contemporary plays, classics, new forms of musical theater, and original work. Beyond the stage, People's Light hosts a wide array of cultural experiences and education programs that inspire meaningful engagement with their surrounding communities. As part of a long-standing history of new work development, People's Light currently has seven active play commissions. Of their 452 productions, over a third have been world or regional premieres. People's Light is known for its high-caliber work, showcasing a wide range of styles, and Little Red Robin Hood shows they're not afraid to experiment. Again, Mark Lazar. At People's Light, in 2001, we had a, a, a sort of a fringe festival of our own. We called it Outside the Box, and there was about 13 or 15 different theatrical events from two-minute plays to two-hour plays, all things that we normally would not do in a regular season here. And if, uh, if a patron wanted to come and see all of those things, they had to come three nights. And it was we went out for about three or four weeks. And one of the pieces that we did was a pantomime, a British pantomime. We didn't know what it was. Uh, a friend of the th theaters uh, who was taking some acting classes and a supporter of the theater, uh, Dr. Gary Smith, uh, he's a veterinarian professor, retired now, uh, the foremost world expert on, I believe it's mad cow disease or hoof and mouth disease or something like that, but he's got both sides of his brain going, and on a dare, he's British, he and his wife are British, and they live in Kennett Square, uh, and on a dare, he wrote a pantomime, music and um, uh, the story of a fairy tale, a British fairy tale, uh, Dick Whittington and his cat, and we were looking for something to do here, and Catherine Peterson had Gary in her class, I believe, her acting class, and they decided to produce this Dick Whittington and his cat for this Outside the Box festival that People's Light did in 2001, and it was the hit of the festival. Everybody got a big kick out of it. We had no idea what we were doing. Uh, Gary was there trying to explain. He didn't want to explain too much 
uh, about what it was. And after we only had about 20 hours of rehearsal instead of 120 hours of rehearsal. And uh, after about the second rehearsal, I was, I was playing the cook, and I said, so I'm a woman, I guess, huh? And they said, yeah, yeah, you're playing the but Just think about Monty Python in a, in a, you know, in a dress. And in fact, as a sidebar, Monty Python and those guys were able to do that because they grew up watching pantomimes where that was one of the conventions. Um, the Brits are really happy and proud to point out that um, the pantomimes are the first time a British kid goes to the theater and learns, therefore, that it's a fun place to go and not a, a school field trip kind of thing to do. But um, we, we, we didn't know what we were doing in 2001. Uh, we had no idea what we were doing, and, and Gary uh, said, uh, the writer said, uh, that's the way it is. And um, so it was great fun, and I, I'm not explaining it very well. But, no, you're doing great. But uh, uh, it was the hit of the festival, and so we decided to dedicate, in a few years, we're going to do a few more Christmas carols, um, but we're in the near future. We would um, produce uh, a pantomime for for a holiday show to see how that would work. And uh, the theater sent me to England to research uh, and meet some people and see some some pantomimes. Uh, Catherine Peterson also went, and she directed the first one that we did in two thousand four, two thousand five, I think. Um, uh, Sleeping Beauty. Um, uh, she uh, uh, she didn't direct it. Abigail Adams, our artistic director, uh, directed it. But um, Catherine was part of it, and uh, Gary Smith wrote the first one. Uh, Gary Smith and Catherine Peterson. That was our first one in 2005, I think, and we've been doing uh, doing one ever since. The Panto at People's Light has become an annual tradition enjoyed by families across the region. But it's easy to forget that the tradition is also enjoyed by the cast themselves. Tori Lewis is performing in her second panto this year. <laughs> My name is Tori Lewis, and in the play, I'm in the ensemble. I play an old man named Flagleface. I play a blueberry buckle. Uh, I play an angel, amongst other things. <laughs> in a panto, uh, when you're an audience member, you get to break the conventional rules of what you might assume to be the rules of the theater, like sitting quietly and and uh, and not calling out and uh, being polite. But the panto, uh, especially this year, our director used the word disruption a lot. Um, and as an audience member in a panto, you get to boo the bad guy and you get to cheer the heroes and you get to... Yell, yell things that might mess the bad guy up. You you get to be a part of the experience and a part of the fun and a part of the journey uh, in a way that's very different from conventional theater. When I first did a panto here two years ago, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. I had no idea what a panto was. And just like the rules are different for an audience, like the rules are different for an actor too. And you do kind of have to forget some of the rules that you might have learned as an actor uh, as well when you're in, in a panto. And so it's very much about presenting to the audience and, and being very forward and 
and also just being very, very silly while also keeping the truth in the heart at the core. Um, and so I think that what keeps me excited to do it 65 times uh, a year is is the joy that it brings everybody in the room. And there have been some days that I have been tired or I have been in a sour mood. And the second I step on the stage in the panto, I'm laughing and I'm joyful again because there's so much heart and fun uh, at the backbone of the panto. Every year it's always about bringing a lot of generations together for a fun holiday experience. But I think this year with Little Red Robin Hood, uh, it's going to be a little bit different. It's going to be also, I think, and I hope, a conversation starter between generations and family members and kind of like passing the baton to the young people. Again, director Bill Finley. I believe that good theater uh, can change the world in a positive way. I think it can have a real positive impact on the, the people who see it. And so I am drawn to pieces that have that potential, that have that power baked in. And it's uh, one of the things that I love so much about this panto that we're making is that it is really transformative. Um, it is an incredibly powerful and positive message. Um, this is my first panto. I've known of pantos for decades, and I had a really fantastic research trip last year to London and saw eight uh, while we were over there. Yeah, it's a lot of panto in one weekend. <laughs> um, but it was a tremendous amount of fun. And the thing that is so powerful about panto uh, is that it is a transformational experience and that it asks us to see uh, a more positive version of the world uh, for ourselves. And I think that is a really a really powerful form to work in. It, it also takes place at the holidays, uh, a, a moment in our our our, our annual calendar, our family calendar, when we think about, um, we think about um, the idea of light in uh, a dark time, when we think about love, when we think about the, the, um, the power of uh, new beginnings. Um, so I think uh, Panto at the holiday time is a really uh, powerful, uh, transformative event. Um, and we've, we've worked really hard with this one to, um, to put a really positive message out into the world. People's Light offers a relaxed performance of Little Red Robin Hood on Saturday, December 21st at 2 p.m. That also includes American Sign Language interpretation provided by Hands Up Productions. This relaxed performance creates a welcoming environment designed to let you be who you are. Relaxed performances invite, but are not limited to, individuals with autism, ADD, ADHD, dementia, and sensory sensitivities, so that everyone can take part in the joy of theater. Tickets to their relaxed performances are half-priced, including fees. For more information, contact the box office at 610-644-3500. Little Red Robin Hood is currently running at People's Light in Malvern, Pennsylvania, and is recommended for all ages. Performances run until Sunday, January 5th, 2020. Tickets may be purchased at peopleslight.org or by calling 610-644-3500. Thank you for tuning in today, and thank you to our sponsor, A Taste of Olive. I have been your host, Friendly Neighborhood Kyle Hudson, and this behind-the-scenes look at Little Red Robin Hood has been a production of Crimson Planet Media Limited. It was written and produced by Leslie and Kyle Hudson. Our field producers were Ray Gordon and Sammy Kornecki. Little Red Robin Hood is a production of People's Light and was written by Katherine Peterson with music and lyrics by Michael Ogborn and directed by Bill Fennell. 
Live sound from the show was mixed by Brent Hoyer. We all want to wish you and your family a happy holidays, and we hope you get a chance to check out Little Red Robin Hood for yourself. Who knows? You may even get to be part of the show. Until next time. She's